from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. And a very warm welcome to our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspiring music, an interesting nature study. With more music coming in, we shall end our program with a message from God's Word. This is your host Sharath, and I am Maureen, and you are listening to Adventist World Radio, the Voice of Hope. Let's begin our program with a song. Drive the nails through my hands Laugh at me Where you stand Go ahead And say it isn't me The day will come When you will see Cause I'll my name my love for you will be the same go ahead bury me but very soon I will be free cause I'll
listening to adventist world radio the voice of hope from pune india and now here's a nature study dear listener let's talk about the humpback whale the song of the humpback whale is one of the strangest in nature it is a weird combination of high and low pitched groanings those who have studied the humpback whale say their songs are noteworthy because these giants of the deep are continually changing them new patterns are added and old ones eliminated so that over a period of time the whale actually sings a whole new song there is a sense in which a christian should be continually composing new songs of praise around the fresh mercies of god unfortunately many of us keep singing the same old song We must repeatedly affirm the fundamentals of our faith but as the psalmist tells us the works of God's deliverance in the lives of his people are many his works which are more than we can count give us reasons to express our praise to him in numerous ways psalm 45 so why do we express our testimony of God's saving grace in the same old way year after year A fresh experience of the mercies of the cross and of Christ's resurrection power should continually fill our hearts and minds with new songs. The gospel story never changes. Thank God for that, but our songs of praise should be ever new. God's blessings are too numerous to count them all at night. That's why we can give praise to him as fresh as morning's light. Seeing God's work in our lives puts a new song on our lips. Thank you for the nature study. We are sure our listeners enjoyed it. To learn more on nature, keep listening to Adventist World Radio. We will be studying different objects of nature because there is a simplicity and purity in these lessons direct from nature that makes them of the highest value. The children and youth All classes of students need the lessons to be derived from this source. In itself, the beauty of nature leads the soul away from sin and worldly attractions and toward purity, peace, and God. Dear friend, death, struggle, pain, and violence were not part of God's original creation. Let's discover what was the world like when God created it. To know more on God's word, You could also write to us. Here's our mailing address. Adventist World Radio, Post Box number 17, Pune 411001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on adventistmediacenter at gmail.com. You may also follow our programs on our website awr.org slash English program. Before you hear God's word, here's another song.
fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Mike Tucker. Today, we're talking about diversity in the church. So, Mike, uh, how did you manage that exactly? Did you divide the congregation in percentages and chose (laughs) leaders, or how did you do that? We wanted to make sure that everyone in our congregation, including the children, could look at the platform and look at their leaders and see someone that they could identify with, Hmm. someone who looked like them. And Hmm. so that meant that we tried to choose leaders, uh, especially uh, among the pastoral staff, who would uh, represent a a diversity of of race. And uh, we we had women and and men as well as as, uh, people who were uh, African-American, people who were Hispanic, uh, you you name it, in order to make sure that everyone within our congregation, we wanted to send the message that this was a church of inclusion, Hmm. that everyone was welcome. And we did that not just by leadership, but by the way we treated people. We were intentional about making sure that everyone from every background felt comfortable in our church. But really, doesn't that sound like a quota that you're feeling? Like, you know, for example, I, I am very good for some universities when they hire me because mm-hmm. they fill two quotas. They fill the Hispanic quota and the woman quota yeah. in their staff. You are a and, very valuable commodity, <laughs> are you not? <laughs> Hopefully for other reasons yeah. than simply my gender and race. But but really, uh, doesn't it sound like, okay, maybe you have many qualified uh, applicants, but hey, we need a Hispanic or we need this or that. I, think, that. I think you can talk about quotas as something is forced on you. But this was not something that was forced on us. This was something we were intentional about. We wanted to make sure that the body of Christ was representative of our community, and our community Mm -hmm. is diverse. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to make sure that we looked like the community and that the community knew they were welcome. It was something that we chose to do. It was not a quota. And even then, we wouldn't choose somebody simply because they were a race. We wanted to make sure that this was was a person who was qualified, but who also happened to represent our community well You know, this is a, a very very modern, interesting, and needed topic in the churches today, um, even in our neighborhoods as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, I also had a church in an Asian neighborhood, and we had about 25 different nations represented. Uh, and of course, I was a senior pastor, and mm-hmm. I have an accent, and I'm Hispanic. And at, at one point, I think we came to a very good place in which we were in unity because we were worshiping together and we valued each other, but we could also celebrate the diversity in a good way without being racist. I mean, how, how do you not erase the differences that make us so interesting because we are all so different? Well, you know, that is a struggle that the church faces today because one study that was done recently, I saw an article that said that most churches in North America are very much one race. Mm. Uh, there's very little diversity among most congregations. And so if you're a part of a congregation that has a diversity of race, then you are very unique in that. Mm. And I think that the way that we maintain um, our, 
our purpose is we keep the vision ever before us, and the vision is is the gospel. Mm-hmm. We put on our bulletin, we are a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, which we think we're tenants of the gospel. And then we we celebrated our diversity by having weekends where we would do nothing but celebrate the fact that we come from different mm-hmm. parts of the world. We're we here have, all together But we have one purpose, and that is Jesus Christ and the gospel. You know, um, Luke had already started with this topic in his gospel. Mm-hmm. Luke is a very diversity-oriented author. He wanted, more than any other gospel writer, actually, to highlight the fact that Jesus had come for all. And he wrote all his gospel telling the story of a man and a woman, a man and a woman, and a Jew and an outcast, a Jew and an outcast, mm-hmm. at least an outcast in the Jew's eyes. In the Jews, Jewish eyes. Um, so he has done this already in the gospel. And now we meet the first time in this first century church where they're actually having to deal with diversity mm-hmm. in their own little community here. It's encouraging to me to see that this happened at the beginning, at the mm-hmm. start. It's mm-hmm. not just something that happens in the congregations today. But let's take a look here at uh, Acts chapter 6, starting with verse 1. Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing, in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. Okay, let's let's explain yeah, let's a few of the terminology. Yes. Okay. The first thing we're having here is that we talked about the fact that the whole community was giving of their own so no one will be in need. And, mm-hmm. of course, a big group of people that was in need was was the widows, right? right? So here we have a group of people. They're all Christians in this verse. And they're all Jews. And they're all Jews. Mm-hmm. But there's two kinds of Jews. The Hebrew Jews, which are the ones that were mainly native from Jerusalem mm-hmm. and that spoke mainly the Hebrew. Yes, and they were very acculturated as far as the, the Hebrew Jewish, religion and Jewish, Jewishness is concerned. And then we have the other Jews. That are called the Hellenistic Jews, or we could also call them the Greek right. Jews, yeah. um, which were part of the diaspora. You know, the diaspora was when um, they all spread around. Mm-hmm. Remember the Septuagint was this, the, the um, translation of the Old Testament that was done about 200 years before Christ because a lot of the Jews no longer spoke uh, Hebrew because they were uh, the, They dispersed. had been dispersed through uh, various occupations uh, from uh, foreign nations and so now they lived outside of Israel. We have people in Egypt, in Alexandria, in Egypt. We have in other places and they uh, don't speak the same language and they don't really have the same customs. Even yeah, the though culture just... was different. It was quite different and, and they felt very much apart from other Jews. And so even if they were living in Jerusalem at this time, mm-hmm. culturally, they were quite different from the Jews who had grown up in Palestine. And so from the Hellenistic Jews, they said, hmm, we think that you're not giving the Hellenistic Jews uh, widows right. <laughs> as much food as you're giving the Hebrew Jews widows. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the first controversy on diversity that we find in the first century church. And their solution to it was really quite unique. Uh, It says, uh, verse 2, So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God or to in order to serve tables. Wait, wait, wait. that's very important because the first thing they did, which having been a senior pastor, I know that sometimes we become firemen and firewomen and all we do is put fires out when there's issues. And they said, you know, we need to devote ourselves to the study of the word. So the solution for this has to be different than us simply serving everybody because you can't do everything. Okay, let's go on. It says, therefore, brethren, select them 
among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Okay, so now, in other words, they're saying, you handle this, and we'll do what God has called us to do, but mm-hmm. let's find people who God is calling to do this particular work. Yeah, they're not in denial. No. I mean, I'm not talking about a river in Egypt, but no. they're also not in denial about the problems, because a lot of churches say, you know, we're not going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about diversity. You're taking care of, just don't speak anymore. Mm-hmm. No, they say, no, let's find new leaders. We need to, obviously, we're growing in numbers. We need to deal with this. And they find seven people. Look at the first skill that is needed. Not the race, but they must be of good reputation in whom the full of the spirit and wisdom resides. Right. So, so like you were saying, your staff, the way you chose your we staff. We wanted to make sure that these were godly people who had a value for the gospel, filled with the Holy Spirit, but then we also wanted to make sure that they were representative of the community we wanted to serve. And this is exactly what they do. Um, verse 5, the statement found approval with the whole congregation, mm-hmm. and they chose seven people. And here we have the names, and can you believe it? All seven of them Our have Hel- Hellenistic yeah. background. Hellenistic is- background. So in other words, it, the complaint came from the Hellenistic Jews. They said, we're going to fix this so that there can be no question about it whatsoever. So here you have Hellenistic leaders. That's right. The people in charge of the food and the disbursements are Hellenistic. <laughs> it's very interesting so that you don't think that the Hebrew Jews are keeping uh, right. food away from, from the widows. So we have then here the, the seven names. You want to read them? Okay, let's see. The statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, Philip, uh, Procurus, uh, Nicanor, Timon, uh, Perinus, Nicholas, a proselyte from in Antioch. And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands upon them. So this is where we have this laying hands upon elders, when mm-hmm. we name elders in the church. And elders, many, deacons, leaders, and uh, yes. lay leaders in the congregation. Yeah, and many denominations have this uh, custom of laying hands and saying, okay, from now on, you are um, appointed as a leader in the church. This is not just to wait on tables, Mm -hmm. but you will find immediately, um, verse 8, for example, Stephen, one of the seven, was full of grace and power and was performing wonders and signs among the people himself. And preaching and and a real minister of the gospel himself. Again, this was not the early church filling a a quota. (laughs) This was the, the, the early church saying, we are inclusive, we want to make sure, we're going to go above and beyond the call of duty to make sure we're inclusive. We're going to make sure that the people who are distributing these goods, that there's no question about them. These are Hellenistic Jews. That's right. You know, this is something that has started way back in Genesis. When God called Abraham to start, per se, the family of God on the earth, uh, he made a covenant with him. He said, you will be a great nation, which, of course, became the Jewish nation, and I will bless you, etc., etc. But in verse 3 at the end, in chapter 12 of Genesis, part of the covenant says, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Mm-hmm. It was not just for the Jews. You know, it was not just for men. It was not just for a particular race. The blessings of the gospel are for everyone. And we can never, ever, ever forget that, whether you're in church, in a neighborhood, in your family. Uh, we are all equal at the foot of the cross. And God has sent his son to die for every single one of us. The gospel does not know race, does not know gender, does not know age, nationality. The gospel is for everyone. And people who accept the gospel must view others in that way. It doesn't mean that we lose our individuality. No, we actually celebrate we it. celebrate that, mm-hmm. the fact that we come from different places with different backgrounds. But we have one common cause, and that is the cause of Jesus Christ and his gospel. Isn't this what heaven will be uh, all about? <laughs> yeah. You know, Not only are we going to be with Jesus, but we're going to be worshiping with people from all 
all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, male, female, uh, white, black, you know, Hispanic with accent like yes, me. Yes, even with accents <laughs> like yeah, you. Yeah, we are all going to be together worshiping for eternity. That is a day I'm looking forward to. The gospel is for everyone. It is inclusive of all. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we too are to be inclusive. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. We want to thank Voice of Prophecy for their generosity in sharing these biblical studies with Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101institute.org. That's Jesus101institute.org. Until next time, live free. He loves to hear our praise On our cheerful days When the pleasant times outweigh the bad by far But when suffering comes along And we still sing Him songs That is when we bless the Father's heart scriptures says your world is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path psalms 119 verse 105 indeed my dear listener what a treasure we have in god's word the holy bible is relevant to today's issues and gives solid guidance for daily living with this we have almost come to the end of our program to learn more on god's word We would love to receive your letters on Adventist World Radio, post box number 17, Pune 411-001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on AdventistMediaCenter at gmail.com. We invite you to follow our programs also on our website. That's awr.org slash English program. This is your host, Sharad. 
And I'm Maureen signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until we meet again via radio, we wish you goodbye. And God bless you.